there, beautiful people. You're listening to Cast Ripple by Carla Berger from Cape Town, South Africa. Hello there, everyone, and welcome to my latest podcast. Today, I'm going to talk to you about a very interesting book that I've read called Women Who Run With The Wolves. It's by author Clarissa Pancola Estes. Now, she in herself is very interesting. Um, she was born Mexican, and when she was four years old, she was adopted by first-time American Hungarians. And throughout her younger years, she was surrounded by people and by a culture of storytelling. And the storytelling was a way of the older generation giving wisdom and lessons to the younger generation. So she uses these stories that she's learned um, throughout her life to kind of decipher what she calls the human psyche. Psyche meaning soul, mind or spirit. So it says women who run with the wolves, but um, I'm of the opinion that men can also have uh, find some wisdom in the, this book. So it's not just women, it's humans that run with the wolves. In my opinion. So I first learned about the book from my therapist almost a year ago. Um, I was going through a bit of a tough time and my identity and everything that I thought I stood for came crashing down. So I went to see a therapist just to kind of sort out my feelings, my emotions, my self, right? By the way, therapists are really a good idea. We make a, a very bad thing about saying that there's something wrong or some, something wrong with someone that goes to a therapist. But in my opinion, everyone should be doing this. At least once a year, do a checkup with your therapist. It's the same as going to a normal GP doctor and just doing a checkup or doing a checkup with your dentist. It's very important, guys, and we need to really steer away from this negative mentality we have about therapists. Anyway, so she recommended this book to me, and I started to read it end of last year. Now, admittedly, it did take me quite a while. This is uh, a scratcher, like you scratch your head a lot while reading this book. It's not an easy read. You um, kind of read a chapter and then you reflect and some of the chapters don't immediately speak to you. You have to give them some time, maybe read them more than once. So it took me about four months to finish the book. Um, I read and then I journaled a bit and then I read a bit more. And But ultimately what I got from it has been life-changing. And it's opened me up to so much more within myself. And I think it can do so for many others that are open to receive the lessons of the book. So I'm going to make it as simple as possible. Although, again, I'm going to stress it's not a simple book. So if you do listen to this and you are intrigued, please make the time. And steady progress through a book is really important. So take your time um, and see what it does for you. Maybe it speaks to you, maybe it doesn't. Who knows? So the book is structured in 
um, the story format. So she has a story for each chapter. For instance, the first story is The Wolf Woman, and that essentially speaks to the seven chakras. So the wolf woman and the characteristics that a wolf woman have and what we all have because we all have the wolf woman inside of us is being rooted, being creative, speaking your truth, loving others and receiving love, speaking your truth and seeing the truth, perceiving the truth, seeing the bigger picture and being connected to everything around you. So that's the wolf woman. Then you've got Bluebeard, which is essentially the predator in all of us. There's all in all of us there's this negative little voice that'll say things to you to break you down or to steer you in a different direction and generally just be negative and mean, an internal predator. And we all have this. And if we're aware of the internal predator, we can start to structure questions around a certain thought um, to a certain why we have that thought. Say, the predator would whisper to me, you're really not good in podcasts. Like, you suck. People aren't listening to you. Why are you wasting all of this time on this? And I can structure questions around that. Like, is this really true for me? No, because I enjoy it. Is there an element of truth to it, maybe? Well, I'm starting out with the podcast, so maybe I do suck a little, but do I care? At this moment, no, I don't, because it's an experience for me and I'm enjoying it, and that's all that I need. So instead of me just listening to this predator voice and giving up, I ask questions about the voice that takes me a step back from that predator. And then there's... The story about Vasilisa, which is um, the intuitive part of us. We all have that part, the knowing part. The, there's always this little voice that also tells, tells you that you know this is wrong or you know this is right. And it's instinctive. Then there's Manawi, which is our wants or desires, the deepest, darkest wants and desires. Skeleton woman, which is... The aspect of ourselves that can deal with the life-death-life cycle. Because societal norms, um, it's so structured around life and happiness and all of the light things in life that we seldom reflect on. There cannot only be light or life, there should be death and darkness as well. There needs to be a balance between these two. And there is a very deep part of ourselves that does understand the life-death-life cycle if we just open up ourselves to receive that knowledge. Then the ugly duckling is basically our internal parents. We grow up with our parents parenting us. But um, in the book, The Power of Inner Peace by Diana Cooper, she also says at age six or eight, you start to parent yourself. Your parents are no longer your parents. They, you create your own internal parents and you can decide whether you want to rewire your parents in your head as your wise internal parents. So you can make up your own parents and this is also an aspect 
within your psyche that you have access to. Butterfly woman is basically the sacred instrument that our bodies are. And if we really tap into our bodies, what instrumental feedback our bodies can actually give to us if we just listen to our body. Then seal skin, soul skin is our ego. And this is basically our mind-made self. And how this mind-made self, or uh, yeah, mind-made self, reacts with our soul and kind of keeps it hostage but our soul kind of just wants to go back to source the whole time but the ego kind of hangs on to it and then so the ego is also a part of our psyche the dirty goddess is that dirty little part of us that really just wants to do dirty things and say dirty things and laugh at dirty jokes. But society these days dictates that you can't really do that because it's inappropriate and unladylike to do that. And then the Scar Clan is that part of us that just wants to keep all of our secrets because it's so fearful about what other people will think when they find out our dirty little secrets or our yeah our imperfections so these are all elements of our psyche essentially and this is what teal swan gets to as well is that we have all all have different personalities within us yes we do have a dominant personality type and this is also then important to realize that you are not your personality your personality is essentially something that is made up from societal norms and how you were raised and the environment in which you were raised. It is not you. You are consciousness. You are your soul, your spirit. You are divine energy. You are not your personality. But there are different elements within each of us that sometimes clash. So Teal Swan says this is fragmentation. So you've got fragmentation on a universal scale, on a worldly scale, but we've also got fragmentation within ourselves. We've got these contrasting beliefs and do I want to, do I not want to? Yes, I want to, but I actually also don't want to. Like you want to sit on your couch and not see anyone. There's that part of you. But there's another part of you that actually does want to go out to see people. But then there's a part of you that, okay, fine, I'll go see people, but I don't want to see those people. I want to see the specific person. So you've got these contrasting personalities within you. And she also goes as far to say that we all have personality disorder. The people that are diagnosed with personality disorder just have it at such a high degree that they can actually be diagnosed medically with it. But we all, at some level, suffer from personality disorder because we have all of these contrasting elements in our psyche, which we are not always aware of. Now, where the problem comes in here is that If we have a dominant personality type, there's a specific element within us that overrides or normally overrides another or some of a multiple of the other personalities. So for instance, say I'm a very nice person, 
and someone says something really mean to me and I just kind of react nicely and say well um, I'm sorry or I, I tell them I'm sorry but actually they should be sorry and they've been they're being mean but now I'm sorry and I feel bad but there's another part of me that actually just wants to scream at them but my nice part is stronger than my screaming part. So I kind of bulldoze the screaming me. And the problem with this is that that kind of builds up that negative energy if you don't acknowledge that negative energy and give it a space where it can actually live itself out. That kind of builds up and it's going to blow in your face. Or in someone, someone's face, someone that might not even have deserved it. So that's where this becomes very, very important. And this is what I learned from the book. Is that I need to look within myself. Whenever I feel indecisive about something, it means that there is another personality, another part in my psyche that also needs me to give it attention and not take the usual route that I am used to take. The, the route that I'm conditioned to be taking. So that's interesting. That's the first interesting part. The second interesting part is, and this is where Brene Brown comes in with her vulnerability, courage, and boundaries discussions. So the boundaries um, is for me a very interesting connotation to this book because this is where I learned boundaries myself or the first concept of boundaries was introduced to me when um, the whole concept of leading out your wild woman and untaming the wild woman within you where that concept comes in is to not always be so nice Society dictates that a woman should be doing this and should be sitting like this and should be talking like this and shouldn't smoke and shouldn't swear and shouldn't speak her mind and should listen until spoken to. And okay, that's very extreme, but it's still something that's very engraved in society these days. And especially in a work, uh, a work environment, this is something that I feel is also very important. It's, I'm just saying that many women find themselves in these situations anyway. So where Brene Brown comes in is she says that you cannot have courage without vulnerability. Um, because courage implies a risk. And a risk implies you being vulnerable. But you can also not have courage or vulnerability if you do not have boundaries. Now, an interesting way I can describe this is, say, for instance, with the concept of bungee jumping. If you want to go bungee jumping, that is, can be seen as courageous. Jumping off a bridge, I would call that courageous. But you're also vulnerable because you are jumping off a bridge. So no courage without vulnerability, because if you are not vulnerable or feeling vulnerable, you cannot tell anyone that you are courageous. It won't be defined as a courageous act. So bungee jumping requires a rope being tied to your feet. You won't jump 
of the bridge without the rope, right? Otherwise, that would be suicide. And that's where the boundary comes in. The boundaries is the rope. The boundaries is what makes it comfortable for you, comfortable enough for you to put yourself in a courageous, vulnerable position where you feel that you are able to jump off the bridge. It, it is boundaries is what makes it okay for you. So that concept ties in with this book because each and every personality that we experience within ourselves, each of those elements have their own boundaries. They have their own needs. They, they try to speak to you, but your, your, your bigger personality kind of just bulldozes over them, just ignores them. So here's an interesting exercise that I actually want you to do. And I'm going to describe the exercise in the way that I did it. You can feel free to do it however you want. So what I want you to do is I just, I want you to sit back in your chair and I want you to just take a few deep breaths, just relax into the space. Feel your body on the chair and just breathe to the two X breaths. So in for two, out for four. Just do that a while and whenever you're settled and you feel comfortable in the position and your mind is open, I would picture myself in a, a theater and I'm standing on the stage. And as I'm standing on the stage, there's a light from behind me. I kind of call in my personalities. So for me, there were three personalities that walked in. But you can have a hundred, really. There's so many elements to this. But to keep it simple, I'll explain mine in my three personalities that walked in. I had the very sad me, the victim me, the one that always plays the victim mentality, the very sensitive personality that just wants everyone to be happy. She wants uh, to be heard. She wants to be accepted. She's very sensitive when people judge her. She's very nervous and very, very anxious. And she cries very easily, which is something I, I tend to do. So she is my semi-dominant personality. She walks in and she sits down and I welcome her. I say, welcome, welcome. There, there, don't cry. <laughs> You're safe. This is a safe space. Come on in. Then comes in my happy self. And now this is the self that loves Zumba. She loves Zumba. She loves dancing. She loves people. She loves life. She just dances in and she's so excited and she sits down. I say, welcome, welcome. Thank you for being here. I see you. And then uh, my final, my final and surprising personality walks in and it's a very hardcore personality. 
and this personality is actually my wolf woman personality the one that i discovered when i read these this book she's mean and firm and i don't know why but she smokes i don't smoke but she smokes okay great she smokes and she actually just wants to punch people in the face she is very hard on her words so she doesn't give a damn about what every anybody thinks and she says it like it is so she's very honest and i tell her welcome welcome come in sit down and i tell them all thank you very much for being here today and today we're gonna actually just discuss a few things that is bothering me or that i want some feedback on so it's a little internal group personality meeting what's important to realize is that i am separate from those i'm on the stage and they are sitting in front of me and i am my consciousness so there's an immediate step back between these personalities and who i am and i am at the head of the meeting they're listening to me and they're giving me feedback and i'm trying to listen to their needs and establish boundaries and um, communicate kind of common ground between them. So that was an interesting exercise because within those three personalities of myself, which I could identify with myself, is I found that the, the sensitive personality and the happy personality were the two dominant personalities. I'm kind of in between them most of the time. Earlier years, I was really, really sensitive. Um, I'm still to the day very sensitive, but I'm working on that. The thing is, that is where the hardcore personality comes in. I learned that the hardcore personality is a very important aspect in my life because she's the only one that deals with honesty. Where the sensitive type just wants to please everyone and the happy one just wants to smother everything in happiness and just hide the sadness the honest one or the hardcore one actually just wants to be honest and she wants to protect the sensitive one and she wants to keep the happy one on a leash so she is the integral part of my entire system and she has been missing for almost my whole life now because I haven't been listening to her because my sensitive part and my loving part is just it's too too big they bulldoze her every time and she tries to get a word in or tries to be like hey um, maybe not this time or whoa whoa slow down there but they just run all over her and she's finally shown her face so this is where the boundaries come in as well because she because of her honesty is a very very um important part in establishing boundaries so you can bring that back those three personalities you can actually bring back to my bungee jumping thing the courageous one is the happy the happy personality the sensitive one is the vulnerable one 
But these two personalities, courageous and vulnerability, cannot function without boundaries. And my hardcore personality is the boundaries. And she's what's been missing this entire time. So within these three personalities, I can then actually discuss an issue. Like, say, something silly like, do I want ice cream? And the sensitive one would be, um, I'm not so sure if you should actually eat ice cream now. I mean, what will people think if you eat ice cream and you gain weight? And then the happy one would be like, yeah, I want ice cream. Why wouldn't I want ice cream? Give me like a two liter ice cream. I'll eat it all. And the boundary one would be like, okay, um, maybe we can have an ice cream. Yes. Um, don't care what anybody thinks. Have an ice cream because you want an ice cream. But maybe don't eat a two liter ice cream. So she's like the in-betweener. And... I've all, always leaned more to the sensitive or the happy one. Not that I've ever eaten a two-liter ice cream on my own, but I normally lean towards the, no, I'm not going to have an ice cream. It's not a good idea. Why not? Have an ice cream. Just don't eat all of the ice cream in the world. So that's just a, a very simple, very simple example of what you can do between these personality types and how you can figure out their needs and their boundaries and really um, move away from the fragmentation and the indecision within yourself. Yeah, and that's basically what I got from Women Who Run With Wolves combined with Teal Swan's teachings and Brene's, Brene Brown's teachings. I hope you enjoyed the podcast. Uh, please feel free to follow me on Instagram, b underscore a underscore ripple. I'm also on Facebook. And then, great. I look forward to chatting to you guys again in two weeks. All right. All my love. Bye.